This is a Saddleback Church podcast. friends, and welcome back to Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as we just love to call it. It's the show that helps you grow. You know what? This is the show that helps you grow. My name is Jason. This is Linda. We're on the spiritual growth team here at Saddleback Church. And friends, we are joined by none other than Stacy Wood. Stacy. How are you this morning? Hey, hey, I'm so happy to get to be here and continue this conversation that we started this weekend yes. at uh, Saddleback. Yes. So this past weekend at Saddleback, Stacy preached a message called The Sword in the Spirit. And in that message, she wanted to continue the conversation around Bible engagement. And so that's what this episode is going to be about today. We're going to be talking about, about how do we engage with the Bible? What are some ways that we can start taking maybe first steps if Bible engagement is new to you, or if you've been kind of seasoned, but you want to get deeper, uh, some ways that we can do that as well. So Stacy, would you kind of set the table for the conversation a little bit? Give people, if you hadn't heard the message, there's a link to it in the show notes, but but uh, for the too long didn't read uh, group of people right now, is there as is there a, a recap that you can give us to to lead us to why we're talking about Bible engagement today? Yeah, absolutely. So yesterday or this weekend, we were talking about um, the sword and the spirit. The sword meaning the sword of the spirit. That's what the Bible is called in the book of Ephesians chapter six, um, when Paul is walking through the different armor that we have is spiritual warfare, and he calls the Bible the sword of the spirit. So it's our offensive weapon that we can use in spiritual warfare where um, the enemy's coming at us and we can use Bible to come back against the enemy. And so um, I, I capitalized on that concept of the sword and that it's our offensive weapon in spiritual warfare. And then the concept of the spirit being the Holy Spirit. And sometimes in churches and in people's lives, we tend to lean one way or the other, like we have a preference toward Bible study, or we have a preference toward maybe like worship and encountering the Holy Spirit. And that, that team seems to be like the emphasis, but God never intended those two things to get separated from one another. And so yesterday's message or this weekend's um, message was about how do we, what does it look like for us as individuals and for us collectively as a church to very intentionally bring those two things together, the Bible and the Holy Spirit, because the Bible, it, it teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that that it's impossible for us to understand the Bible, to have revelation without the help of the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, but Pastor Buddy gave me a great line this week, and he said, the same Holy Spirit that inspired the writing of the Bible inspires the reading of the Bible. And so we need both. We need the, the Holy Spirit to illuminate our minds to understand truth, and we need to actually do the work of getting into the Bible and learning it and reading it mm -hmm. and hiding it in our hearts so that we will be equipped um, with with that weapon that God's provided for us for um, spiritual engagement. Hmm. Yeah, I loved you had us, the, the things you had us say out loud were that we would be devoted to the word of God and dependent on the spirit of God. And I just love that because I think, like I know in my own life, I grew up devoted to the word of God, but I didn't really consider that I needed the spirit to help me. It was just like, I'm just gonna devote myself mm -hmm. on that one side. And so I appreciated yeah. 
both of those together. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, the whole concept of the Holy Spirit being actively a part of my everyday life mm-hmm. came much later to me in my mm-hmm. faith. Mm-hmm. And I didn't start to really lean into that. Um, even into once Andy and I were like full-time pastors, um, because honestly, our experience with churches that leaned really heavily on the Holy Spirit and um, encountering the Holy Spirit was that they weren't very good at reaching outsiders Mm. because their experience felt exclusive Mm -hmm. and it felt... um, it felt unrelatable to someone who's not yet a Christian, someone that would just come and observe and like, what is going on here? It just feels so like far removed. And so we, and as ministers of the gospel, we were like, you know what? We're called to reach the unreached. And so we're not going to, um, to really lean that way Mm -hmm. in our worship experiences because we want this experience to feel accessible to anyone, regardless of their walk, um, their journey of faith. But then we had an experience, um, actually we went to London and we were a part of a church there um, called HTB, Holy, Tr- Holy Trinity Brompton. And they're the church that started a, or- a program called Alpha. Mm-hmm. And Alpha is all about reaching people who are not yet Christians and like answering life's big questions. And we saw this church that was very passionate about reaching unreached people and yet they also leaned into the power of the Holy Spirit and the engagement of the Holy Spirit in their worship experiences. And we saw how it could be done hand in hand. Yeah, That was a life-changing experience for us um, to get to see, okay, we can be a biblically strong church that is focused on reaching unreached people and also lean into the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that that's really for us in ministry when those two things came together. Mm-hmm. That's really mm-hmm. powerful. So why do you think that Bible literacy or Bible engagement can be so difficult for us? You know, you, you talked in your message about kind of being biblically, that we have a lot of people who are biblically illiterate. I think that's the phrase you use. So why is this so difficult? And some, what are some of the obstacles, either internal or external, that get in our way? Man, there's a lot. There's a lot of <laughs> yeah. obstacles. There's a lot of different reasons why people don't engage with the Bible. Um, I think a primary one is just the busyness of our lives mm-hmm. and that other things feel more urgent. Maybe other things feel more interesting or more important. Um, we just get wrapped up in the what is here and now and what's mm-hmm. on us. I mean, as a parent myself, uh, that I'm trying to juggle three kids, one in high school, junior high, elementary, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a lot to manage. And so our, our responsibilities weigh heavy on us. And it, it feels like the priority of reading the Bible, studying the Bible, it just doesn't feel as urgent or as mm-hmm, needed for mm-hmm. this moment. I have to get through this day. I have to figure right. out what my kids are eating for this yes. next meal <laughs> and get them to where they need to be. And and so it's it easily becomes a lesser priority. Sure. It doesn't sure. feel as urgent. And um and so I think that that is probably one of the main reasons why people don't engage but also I think the Bible can be hard to understand yeah and it if you pick it up without like any type of guide or plan or um, someone that's offered some training or whatever then then you pick it up and you're like ah I don't even understand what this means it feels unrelatable it's like talking about 
when Israel went to war against yeah, like, what do I country? do with this? Yeah, it's like, I don't even know what this The is. many, many wars. Yeah. <laughs> and so it just feels uh, unrelatable, I think. Yeah. And, and so behind that is all this treasure that, uh, that we just have a hard time getting down to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people get frustrated because they're like, oh, I tried that and it wasn't very interesting. Right. It wasn't very helpful. And I'm not going to make the time to do that. Well, I loved when you talked about the sword and when you were talking about, we need sword training. I mean, I think anybody that's been around church has experienced somebody using their sword carelessly. Right. And <laughs> yeah. And you can really slash someone up with you know, that. Yeah. It's like a, you know, a child, if you imagine a child that has like a real sword, um, that's sharp yeah. and they're practicing or playing with this sword and they're just wielding it around and they could really do some damage mm-hmm. with that sword. They can break things, they can hurt people, they could cut someone wide open. And and we can be careless like yeah. that with, with the Bible, with the sword of the spirit. Um, because if we don't, um, if we handle it like a, a child would, um, then then it can do damage to other people. And so I think that learning how to engage the Bible and having some training around that is like super helpful um, for getting people to a place where the Bible becomes a useful tool Mm -hmm. instead of like this hazard that (laughs) that they have access to. Yeah, Yeah, I I think on top of that, a lot of people will pick up the Bible. It says something that they don't like and be like, well, I'm just going to put this down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Because it's a... It, it, it confronts us. It ca- mm-hmm. It's a fork in the road. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so you have to decide, okay, am I going to, am I going to believe this? Am I going to build my life on this? Or is it something I'm going to pick and choose from? Yeah. Or am I just going to disregard it altogether? And so we talked about that the, in this, mm-hmm. yeah. this sermon um, this weekend was our posture as we approach the Bible, it really does matter. And we're, um, we either approach it like it's the authority for our mm-hmm. lives and when we confront something that's difficult or hard to understand or seems out of date with modern day culture, how are, what are we going to do with that? What will our posture be? And we will either choose to believe that it does have authority mm-hmm. and that even if I don't understand it completely, I can still trust mm-hmm. that it's the truth. Um, or we approach it more like a movie critic where we're like, you know, that part's good, but not so much that part. Yeah. And, um, and that was never the way that God intended us to engage with the Bible, but it's very common. Um, yeah, I think today. especially in culture right now where, you know, we use, culture uses language like, well, this is my truth. It, you know, everything feels like it's up for discussion. Mm-hmm. And so something that is <laughs> unwavering, unchanging, always true, is an affront to a culture that says, you know, well, if it's true for you, that's great. But yeah, I don't really see it that way. Yeah. And this stands, you know, this puts a mark in the ground and says, no, this is true all the time. And I think, I mean, that's a, it's culturally, it's counterculture mm-hmm. to recognize the, the absolute authority of God's word over our lives. Right. Yeah. There's a phrase that I love that says, we do not worship a God that we can always understand. Right. 
but we do worship a God that we can always trust. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a great mindset to have when we read the Bible. Like there are going to be things that are hard for us to understand. And God's ways are, they're higher than ours. Yep. His thoughts are higher than ours. And we're not going to be able to understand him all. That's what makes him God. And, yeah. and we are finite. Our minds can't, we don't have the the big perspective that God has of all of history. He, we don't know what he's working into the future. And so there are areas in our lives and things in the Bible that we just, our human minds cannot completely understand, Mm -hmm. but we can trust that he is a good God and he is faithful and true. And if he says it, I'm going to choose to align my life with it because he says that this is the way that leads to life. Mm -hmm. And I found that to be true in my own life, that when I walk according to what the Bible teaches, I experience much more peace, Mm -hmm. um, more blessing in my relationships. Mm -hmm. And, um, and when I choose to step out from underneath Mm -hmm. that, and that's when a lot of internal turmoil comes for me. So Sometimes it's a matter of trust um, when it comes to reading the Bible, the parts that are hard to understand. Yeah. So let's talk about engaging the Bible. Yes. So I want to go back and look at Stacy through the years. <laughs> what has been some of like the the earliest like foundational um, exercises or or education in Bible study that you did that was really influential for how you were to at least get started mm-hmm. uh, in your lifelong pursuit of, of Bible reading. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in a church that was like real big on Bible. And so I mentioned yesterday or this weekend that I was a part of a program called Bible Drill. Oh, yeah. Sword drills. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you know about this? Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Well, Linda's like the queen of sword drills. <laughs> it's kind of funny, man. You have to go to these competitions and every, uh-huh. all these little kids are standing in a row with their Bibles in front of them. And then the person that's in charge will say something like, the Beatitudes. Yes. And, and everyone is, it's like a furious scramble for kids to find Matthew chapter five. Yes. And then whenever you find it, you step forward. And if you're the last kid to step forward, or if you're the shame. one that the time runs out on, <laughs> oh my gosh, the public shaming, it was awful. But so, but it got us to know how to navigate our yeah, Bible and it true. did teach us where stuff was. Exactly. <laughs> so I actually, I memorized a lot of Bible verses yes. that way. I memorized the books of the Bible in order that oh, way. Oh yeah. So there was, there's definitely, definitely a, a gift um, to the different kinds of discipleship training is what my church called it um, when I was growing up. By the time I was in a student in junior high and high school, I was so blessed. There were um, different people that were leaders that mm. kind of took me under their wing. And I remember being in seventh grade and my Sunday school teacher invited me and I think there were three other seventh grade girls and we would go over to her little condo on mm-hmm. Thursday nights and she would basically teach us how to have time alone with God. Wow. And, um, and she discipled us for, I don't know, maybe a year or more. And Man, I just have so much appreciation for anyone who volunteers with NextGen because mm-hmm. that it's very formative. Like mm-hmm. what I learned um, on Melanie's couch on how mm-hmm. to study the Bible, like it, it still helps me. Um, I probably started to get more engaged in 
like a deeper level of Bible study. As I was finishing up high school, my mom introduced me at the time to a Beth Moore study. Uh-huh. And it was the first time I had ever done that level of homework. She's right. like really big on homework. Like 45 minutes a yes. night homework. I know. And when you're 17, it takes you even longer to get through it. <laughs> and so it was a big commitment. But I, I think I just learned so much that it became... Yeah like uh, a craving mm-hmm. for me to learn more because I was having all these experiences where I was seeing the Bible come together and like things that I had never connected the dots on before for the first time, it was like connecting the dots, yeah. aha moments, the light bulb coming on. And it, it created this hunger in me like, oh, I love this feeling of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. understanding more. And, um, and so that was... I started kind of becoming addicted to Beth Moore studies and like doing one <laughs> after another. But I think what it, it just helped me to learn how to study the Bible. Yeah. The Bi- there's a thread that's woven throughout the Bible. And I started learning how to, how to find that thread. Yeah, you kind of have to be shown how to see it. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's the Holy Spirit helping you, but also those that have come before you that are like, let me show you how this ties together. And then it's like... Totally. Oh man, I want to know more of that. You know, I want to understand more. I want to see more of those threads. And it just. Yeah, totally. Because I, for me, having a guide like that, like the Beth Moore study for me, that was a guide. Sure. And it was an on ramp for mm-hmm. me. And so there are so many different types of Bible studies and on ramps. But for me, that's what it was. And it helped me to not feel so intimidated to like pick up my big heavy Bible and think, what am I going to read today? Right, right, right. And what am I supposed to understand? And how do I get anything out of this? Because Beth took us on a journey with her mm-hmm. through a certain topic or a certain book of the Bible. And she had done a lot of the legwork for me. She had read the commentaries and like had brought things together um, in a way that was transferable and understandable. Mm-hmm. And so it was easy for me to latch onto that and to gain from it. And so when I am in talking to people about how do you get more engaged in the Bible, I'm really big on finding a guide that works for you. Mm-hmm. And whether it's some type of Bible study like Beth Moore or Saddleback has a ton of different resources. And I'd love for us to talk a little bit about some of those too. Yeah, yeah, we can uh, we can touch a little bit on, on the different resources that Saddleback offers. Everything I'm going to talk about is going to be listed in the show notes below. So you'll find links to everything that we're going to talk about. First thing I wanted to talk about is something that we call the Engage Guide, which is a 21-day guide. If you're brand new to reading the Bible, if you don't kind of have a daily habit spending time in the Bible, this is like a 15-minute spend time every day for 21 days, and it walks through the book of James. And it's just, um, it's a guide. It has the passage right there for you, so you can read it in the in, in the guide, and then it has some questions for you to respond to. Um, and reflect on every day. And again, that's just to help you build the habit for 21 days. And then at the end, you can say, I just read a whole book of the Bible. I just read the <laughs> book of James. Um, so that's in the show notes. There's a follow-up version to that called the Enrich Guide, which is a 40-day version of the Engage Guide. And this one doesn't go through James. This one goes through Philippians and I think it's First John and a part of Mark or something like that. Yeah, and some Psalms. 
Maybe that's it. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I know it goes through Philippians um, so and, and additional. And so that one, it, it has a similar approach to the Engage Guide where it, it has the verses for that day in there. But then instead of the kind of reflection questions, it has some more deeper Bible study questions. Um, so that's starting to introduce some different tools and methods of Bible study as well, just to get you to wet your whistle a little bit in terms of different ways that we can read and study and learn um, the Bible. Uh, five, five, uh, yeah, the other thing I wanted to mention here is a small group study uh, that we have. So if you're at Saddleback Church, there's a small group study that we have available for to you called Bible Study Crash Course. This is a four-session study that just introduces how to think about the authors and the genres and the different tools for Bible study. It's a, it's a very basic kind of crash course intro to uh, studying the Bible that is available um, for Saddleback small groups. It, it, all of these will be available soon for purchase if you're not at Saddleback too. And, and once that's available for purchasing the hard copies of all of these things, I'll put links, uh, I'll, I'll put additional links in the show notes. So if you're listening in the near future, then you might be able to buy these as hard copies too. Um, I, I, yeah, was there something else I wanted to mention in this part? Bible experience. Bible experience I have coming up. Okay. That, I think that that's so good though to talk about the fact that the Bible, we think of it as one book right. because it's bound together as one book, but it's actually a collection of books, right. mm-hmm. 66 different books. And is it, how many authors? 39 authors? 39 or 40. Um, different authors. And it's it covers a variety of genre from wisdom literature to history um, to um, there's all kinds of like exhortation in there mm-hmm. as well. And so it's a, when you pick up the Bible, there there's poetry that can mm-hmm. be like um, read a little bit differently. I heard... Um, John Mark Comer said, do you take the, do you read the Bible literally? And he said, I I read the Bible literarily. (laughs) There you (laughs) go. Because it's a, every, every different type of genre Mm -hmm. that you're reading in the Bible, um, it is read a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And so it's so helpful to have um, a guide, like what you were just talking about, Jason, that helps you to understand, okay, this is the section of the Bible I'm engaging with right now, and this is a good lens through mm-hmm. which to um, understand it. Another really helpful tool um, for me has been the Bible Project. Are you guys familiar I was with that? Mention, yeah. I, I was love Bible that. Project. Yeah, so like, let's say that I'm like, I'm going to read, um, I'm going to start reading the Gospel of John, for mm-hmm. example. Then I might go on YouTube and watch the Bible Project's information. They have videos and stuff on the book of John. They do Mm -hmm. it for every book of the Bible. And it gives such a great overview and um, talks about the different themes of whatever book that you're about to engage with. It helps you to see how the different pieces connect, Um, not just with that book, but also the the bigger picture of Mm -hmm. the gospel, the Bible, um, the God of all eternity. Kind of, it gives you the grander themes. Um, and that has been super helpful. So even like for me, when I'm teaching the Bible, um, a lot of times I will look up what the Bible project has prepared mm-hmm. around certain passages or books of the Bible, because they've just done a wonderful job yeah. packaging this information in a way that mm-hmm. it's really interesting to listen to. Yeah. And I, I, I believe they just launched an app too. So you can find the Bible project app, I believe as well. 
I wanted to mention too. There's there's a little booklet that that I, it's not a booklet. It's a small book uh, <laughs> that I have too. That is called. Um, it's called know your Bible. And it just goes through every book of the Bible and it gives like a one sheet. It gives the author, it gives the dates that you're reading about. It gives the genre, it gives, it gives basic information for every single book of the Bible. So for me, I've always found it helpful as I'm going through my Bible. Uh, I'm in Psalms right now, so I'm in it for a while. Um, (laughs) it's, you know, I can start a book by, you know, reading the one sheet on it to just help you set the context to get you in the right mind. Okay, here's what I'm reading. Here's how to read the, you know, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. It's, it's very cheap if I remember correctly. So I'll put that in there. Now, so those were some kind of intro to's Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Some, if, if you want to get started, if you were convicted around the amount of time that you've spent reading your Bible and it's maybe it's just kind of a foreign book that you've used as a paperweight before and now you want to actually get into it. These are some kind of ways to help you start getting into Bible study. I want to transition a little bit into people who may want deeper Bible study. Maybe they've read the Bible, they read it every day, and for them it just a kind of comes and goes a little bit. They get it, but they also know that there's more. There's deeper ocean down there that I just haven't quite gotten to yet. I'm curious for you, Stacey, what are some um, are some ways that you like to engage deeper Bible study? That's great. That's a great question. Um, and I would, again, say I use a lot of tools. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I use the guides because there are so many people that are so much smarter than me. And they have given their life to learning more about maybe even a whole book of the Bible. They'll just mm-hmm. pick one book. And, and, and so I think writing, or li- reading um, what other people have written mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the Bible and a variety of perspectives on that. So let's say that I'm going to teach a passage of the Bible, then um, I'll know that leading up to it. And I will start reading different mm-hmm. perspectives on the Bible through commentaries, um, or I will listen to sermons on that particular topic from a variety of teachers. And I'm just trying to gather gather various perspectives on the same passage mm-hmm. of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, I think having a variety of perspectives really helps instead of just only sticking to one mentor, mm-hmm. one commentary, um, because then you can see it through different angles. And um, so that's been really helpful for me. There's so many online mm-hmm. free, sor- free resources to read commentaries. And so I will just um, Google search it. And Andy has some great software on his computer that I can that he paid for that I can like also utilize. Mm-hmm. But there are just so many commentaries available out there that when you're ready to like, okay, this this passage is hard to understand, then take some time, Google mm-hmm. search, some good commentaries, read a variety of them, and try to see what are the common themes. Whenever you see common themes, you know, okay, this is this is probably solid right. truth. Yeah. If there's like something a little bit outlandish you're in like, one, you're like, okay, well, that might not be accurate because I only saw it that one time. Right. And maybe that person was a little bit off. But when you read multiple commentaries and you hear from several voices, like these are the important things to understand in this passage, 
then it provides like a guide for you of understanding and, and depth. I have learned so many um, fascinating, um, well, I hate to call it trivia because it seems unimportant, but like so many little tidbits about the Bible that I had never picked up on before went through reading commentaries or like a connection to, right. let's say, an Old Testament passage. I'm reading in the New Testament right now, but then this commentary points back to something that mm-hmm. happened in the mm-hmm. Old Testament. It's like, oh, I never made that connection before. And so I think that those types of study it requires maybe a little bit more uh, self-motivation than if you do a Bible study that's already prescribed and written out for you, and both are good. And so there, it's not like you've graduated from one and now you're like, yeah, only do this style of Bible study. I I still love to do a Beth Moore study. I've already done them all, so now I'm like, <laughs> have to repeat them if I want to do them again. But no, um, but yeah, like I still enjoy those kind of Bible studies that are prescribed and it's all laid mm-hmm. out around one topic. But then if I if I pick a passage that I want to go deeper on, I'm going to get into the commentaries and, and use other guides for myself as well. I just wanted to mention, if anybody's looking for those free resources, they can be Googled, but also sites like Bible Gateway. Yep, that's what I use. And, yep, and, and Bible B- Hub. Mm-hmm. Blue Bible, Bible Hub and Blue Letter Bible. So Blue just, Letter Bible's great. Those are trusted sites yep. where you can go and they have all those commentaries. And it's, like you say, I... Like I love looking sometimes at Messianic Jewish commentaries yeah. because they look the different, they come from another perspective. Yeah. And so true. seeing how they see the Old Testament in the New Testament mm-hmm. is always fascinating. So Blue Letter Bible has a great uh, resource on there where you can look at original language. Um, and I don't know Greek and Hebrew myself, um, but the Blue Letter Bible um, will allow you to look at the verse in the original language and then you can highlight a certain word and it will take you on a whole trail of yeah. best where, rabbit trails where ever in the bible this word is used in multiple places so you can mm-hmm. get better context for what the original author was probably trying to say through using that word and um you can start to see themes like there's a word that comes up over and over again in mm-hmm the book of Philippians. And it's like, okay, well, that's a theme throughout the book of Philippians. And so that's a really helpful resource. I'll tell you one other thing that really helped me in the way that I um, viewed reading the Bible. Wayne Cadero has a book called The Divine Mentor. Mm -hmm. And um, it is such a beautiful book that gave me a hunger to read the Bible more. And my perspective on it changed in that Um, it was like whenever I'm picking up the Bible and I'm reading a book by reading Jeremiah, for example, I'm thinking of the author, Jeremiah, as a real man who has turned into my mentor for the time, and he's mentoring me on some certain lessons that God wanted him to impart to his people. And, um, And then the overall idea of the book is that ultimately God, the Holy Spirit, is mentoring us as we're reading the Bible. And um, so coming with that mindset, like I'm a learner here. I want to to hear from God. I want to learn from these authors of the scripture. And, um, and then there's a process that Wayne takes you through of like 
picking out, let's say that you read a chapter that day <coughs> and you highlight the different things in that or underline the different verses that kind of pop out of the page at you. And then you choose one of those verses and, and you're going to spend some time with that verse. Like, what was it that made that verse pop off the page at you? What do you observe about that verse? What can you mm. learn about the original context of that verse and the timeless truths like you were saying earlier and the um, what it means to my life today and how do I apply this? And then you kind of offer it all back up in prayer. And so reading the Bible that way, it kind of combined two spiritual practices for me, one of reading the Bible and the other of journaling and being mm -hmm. reflective about what I've read. Sometimes it's easy just to read, 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 and then close the Bible and move on for our day without reflecting. But um, whether it's journaling or prayer or whatever, um, having a time of reflection of what we've read, I think kind of helps it seal within our hearts. Mm -hmm. You literally just talked about the things I wrote down to talk about right now. Oh. So that was perfect. <laughs> we were on the same wavelength there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I would agree. Journaling, that's such a great practice to be able to be reading and then reflecting back, it, it, even if it's putting it into your own words a little bit, a mm -hmm. processing what does this mean to you? Is there something in your life that you're going through right now that this is speaking to right now? Um, that's a great practice. I would include um, writing questions. If there are questions that come up, you know, if something isn't making sense, if something isn't clear, don't just skip over and be like, well, I'm sure somebody knows or I'm sure there's an answer somewhere. <laughs> Write the question down and then spend time to go back in and research it. Um, everything that you were just talking about with those commentaries especially. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And then... Reading the Bible with somebody else mm -hmm. oh, is another yeah. great practice mm -hmm. of being, you know, if, you know, whether it's somebody that you meet up with once a week or whatever it is, it, and you're reading through a, a book of the Bible together and then just have that time to talk about it. That's mm -hmm. just a really important way to be able to unpack scripture as you're talking through it. So good. A couple of resources that the church has that I wanted to mention in, is for deeper Bible study. We mentioned the Bible experience a little mm -hmm. bit ago. That is an in, in, in online course that you can uh, do. Again, I'll put the links to all these in the show notes. It's a four-session four course that helps you um, to learn how to unpack the Bible through everything that we were talking about with with the genre, with the time period, with the topic, it's just, uh, all this stuff to help you be able to essentially lead your own Bible study if you want. Here's, here are some tools that you can use to make your own Bible studies. If you're a, a small group host, this may be a great um, resource for you, and you guys can do a book of the Bible together using the tools talked about in Bible experience. Um, Pastor Rick Warren has a book called Bible Study Methods. This was actually his first book that he that he ever wrote a long time ago. Um, but in it has 12 different ways to study the Bible, a bunch of them Stacy was just talking about. Um, it, it goes by like a word study, verse-by-verse verse study, chapter-by-chapter chapter study, whole book of the Bible study, devotional study. There's, right. there's, there's 12 different versions and it, it, it comes with forms for how to do these different studies. It's, it's a walk. It, it teaches you step-by-step step how to do all these different types of Bible study. Um, and then there's also a small group study. Um, it was a campaign that the church did a number of years ago yeah. called 
40 days in the word. So if your small group is looking to um, like, how do we really dive in together in reading the Bible? Um, I'll link that in the show notes as well. It's called the 40 days in the word. It introduces some of those Bible study methods from the Bible study methods book. And then it just talks a, a, a bit too about the importance of Bible engagement. So we'll put that in there um, as well. And also I'll put the link in too for a divine mentor Okay. For Wayne Cordero. Yeah. So, so that'll be in there. So you're going to have, if you look in the show notes, it's going to be like pages long <laughs> of all these great, amazing resources. And that's that's how important Bible engagement yeah, is. It really is. Right? Spending time in the Bible, that's like that, you know, a daily bread that we need. That's the word of God. Uh, and so it's building that habit, learning to turn to the word, or for anything and everything in life, learning how to trust and be dependent on God's word, like that's just such a, a key part of opening up the abundance of the Christian life and what God has called us to. Yes. Um, so I don't think we can have enough resources around it. <laughs> yeah. But we're testing that by having a whole ton. <laughs> well, you know, I think that there are, there's so many resources available to us. There are, we live in a day and age where resources and content, that is not, um, that's not our number one problem. I think knowing what resources are good ones yeah. mm-hmm. is, is a challenge sometimes. And so that's what we want to kind of help curate for you, a list of really helpful resources. Um, and we want to provide these easy on-ramps for you. But honestly, if we if we're just to get real honest with about this this topic and why are we not engaging with the Bible? For most of us, it's not a lack of resource. Yeah. For most people, it's a lack of motivation. Mm-hmm. That our problem is that it's not a priority in our lives. That we just we live in a day and age where there are so many Bible studies at our fingertips and we can take online classes and we can listen to podcasts and we are inundated with resources, but still we don't engage with them. Mm. And that's because, man, we, we need a little bit of maybe some tough love here just to say, what else is more important than your soul? Is that is that <laughs> Netflix documentary really more important than your time alone with but God? But it's about an octopus teacher, Stacey. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it's like we we feel like we want to, we don't have time to spend time with God, but yeah. we do have time to do all these other things. And yeah. so w- there are things that feel more urgent to yeah. us, more timely, more significant in this moment. But there is nothing that is more important in this life than developing your relationship with God mm-hmm. for finding out what your purpose is that he has for you. Why did he even put you on this earth and to go and live that purpose? And so I think that what's really needed is not just not just resources, not just easy on-ramps, but we need a heart that is hungry for God, just this deep thirst in our soul for more of him and a realization that, man, his words are life to us. And where else can we go to receive words of life? We need, we need to have that passion that is a driving force, a motivating force to realize I'm going to make this the priority of my life. And I'm going to say no to other things mm-hmm. so that I can say yes to this. 
And it's a, it's a reorientation of our life that, that this becomes the center point and everything else branches off from that. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it really does come down to a, a, a matter of motivation and where is that, that hunger in our heart for mm-hmm. God? And I think that's so. I think that's so important. If you are struggling with that, if you found yourself kind of questioning, like I just I haven't felt this desire, I haven't felt this passion. Talk to God about it yeah. first. Like that's something that you can be praying about. You right. you can tell God, God, I don't know why it is, but I'm having trouble opening up that book, mm-hmm. and I'm or I'm having trouble making it an emphasis or 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 making the room in my schedule. Like you can talk with Him about it, but then also start doing it, start living it out because it's not like all of a sudden it's going to magically open it up in front of you (laughs) and you're going to find yourself reading and then you'd be like, wait, what just happened? Right. It it still has to be choices that you make. A hundred percent. It's kind of like a marriage where, man, you really want to feel that passion and that love and attraction to one another. And sometimes you do and sometimes you don't when it comes to marriage. But there are certain practices that you should put in place in your marriage if you want to have a healthy marriage. Yes. And so time alone together and pursuing one another, doing kind things for one another, spending, um, getting away together every once in a while. Like those are healthy practices that you should probably be doing those whether you feel like it right. or not. And. And a lot of times our daily time alone with God, that's a discipline. That's a practice that we put into place, whether we feel like it or not. But what it does is it creates that space for love to grow and for that passion to be stoked in our hearts. And so sometimes, man, you might read the Bible and just be like so inspired and have this insatiable hunger for more. And then other times it's kind of a drudgery to get through. But man, every time you show up, you are creating space for the Holy Spirit to work in your heart. And day by day, year after year, precept upon precept, God is changing you from the inside out. Yes. That was perfect. A great note to end it on. (laughs) Stacy, thank you so much. And not just for this conversation, but for the weekend message. Again, we'll have the links to the message. We'll have links to everything that we've talked about below. But... But just thank you for being a champion of this for for our church and for anybody else who's listening. Um, you know, I, I think there'll be a lot of excitement and a lot of motivated people who are gonna be opening up their Bibles and and just making making that room and priority in their heart around this. And that's just gonna set the stage for God to do really cool things. That's awesome. Uh, so that's awesome. Can I pray for everyone before Please we do. close it out? Yes. Father God, thank you so much for every person that is listening to this podcast. And God, I do pray that you would grow in each of our hearts more of a hunger for you, more of a, a insatiable thirst to know you and to, to be known by you, Lord. And so, Father, I pray that as people open their Bibles, Holy Spirit, that you would come and meet with them right there, that you would make their minds able to understand truth, that the lights would come on, that they would connect the dots on things that they've never seen before. Father, that we would be students of your word, that we would be true disciples and learners of the way of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that um, that even when the passion isn't there, that we would continue in the practice of making space mm-hmm. because we know that you are you are forming something in us. And even when we don't feel it, 
you're working. And even when we can't see progress in our life, Mm -hmm. God, you're still working. You're still transforming us. And so, God, we want to do our part of making space for you to do that, creating space in our calendars for you to speak to us. And then we trust you to do your part, the supernatural, transformative work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I pray your blessing and your favor to rest upon each of these people that are listening as they open your your word and try to engage with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.